0: Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. We've been talking about the I Am statements that Jesus made in the book of John. The first one we talked about, I am the bread of life. Second one, I am the light of the world. Third one, I am the gate. Fourth one, I am the good shepherd. And last week's I am the resurrection and the life. Some of y'all barely passed with a C on that one. You might want to study up this week. We are in chapter 14 in the book of John this week. If you want to turn your Bible or your app there. And yes, I know Bo will grace us with it on the screen, but man, what would we do if technology didn't work one day? Oh, we've done those days, haven't we? So always important to have your Bible with you. And I, I meant to ask earlier, Silas, have you used your egg, or did mama inherit the egg when you left here? <laughs> Was there a fight in the Barrett home over that egg? <laughs> or did you hide it? Look, at, look, at they're not even talking. There must have been some serious fighting going on. In the, we'll, we'll counsel after after church family. We'll, OK, so he's saving it. Then you're saying he's saying, all right, good deal. Good deal. John, chapter 14, starting with verse one. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. No, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, and even greater works, because I am going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Lord, this is your word, alive and active. May it change us today because of who you are. In Jesus' name, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, hopefully everybody got signed up today. I know it's sort of a, woohoo, we had cure eggs and this week we get Subway, right? I try to coordinate every week a little bit with what the statement has been, but it was a little bit harder this week, um, because I got stuck on the way and all I heard in my brain was Mandalorian. This is the way. And I didn't think anybody else would enjoy baby Yodas like me. So I thought we would go with a different, you know, direction this week. So when I thought the way and I was looking at all the gift cards in Walmart, all I could see was Subway. Subway. Way. It'll work. It'll work. I don't know. And who doesn't love a Subway every now and then, right? So um, hopefully you've signed up. If not, raise your hand. Thomas will make sure that gets done right now quietly. And online, online, anyone watching, um, your word is... Thomas is giving me the... ha. Uh, a job back there. Online, your uh, keywords to type in will be the way, the way. There you go, or way. So where is Jesus going? Up to this point in the book of John, as we've read through, there's been this recurring thought, this recurring statement of Jesus going where? To the Father. That he's preparing the disciples around him. That he is going to the Father. In fact, back in uh, chapter 13, verse 33, it says, Dear children, he's talking to his disciples, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. So that's why, uh, you know, Philip referenced uh, or Thomas referenced, you know, we don't know where you're going. He's still confused. Here's the deal. Everything we've read through John's book, Jesus has been very honest with his disciples. He never tried to persuade people to follow him with easy promises. You know, if I got up here and I just preached a lot of really good sounding things and told you how wonderful life was and I want to make you feel better, it might increase how many people show up. That's pretty good sounding, but it would be false teaching because Jesus didn't teach us those kind of things all the time. He was always honest with his disciples. He preached about leaving your comfort behind. He preached about being persecuted. He reminded them that you're going to be hated on because you follow me. He taught them about being hated by other people. He taught them that they would have to carry their own cross and to count that cost before he followed. Well, sign me up, pastor. That sounded so wonderful, right? (laughs) But Jesus was always honest in what it meant to be a follower. But what has happened to Christianity today? Too often, it's a lot of roses and glamour and glitz, and it's all good. And in fact, when it begins to cost us something to be a Christian, that's usually when people will turn and walk away. Jesus was honest. He was challenging his disciples to greatness that only came By following him in his way of doing things. And he was always honest about what it meant to get to the Father. He also, as we were reading through the book of John, he also showed us his purpose. Now one, he would go before us. In other words, he blazed a way to the Father so that we could follow him. In verse 2, it says, there is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. So one of his purposes was to go before us, to knock down the roads. Um, guys in the woods, when you're, you're uh, cutting trees and stuff, there's always that one guy that has to go out first, right, and make the roads to get into the plantations, Jesus made a way. Another purpose he was very adamant in sharing was he's coming back. Yes, I am going, but I will come back for you. Verse 3, he told him, when everything is ready, I'll come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. Now you see, we either sometimes, when we talk about the second coming of Christ, we do one of two things. We either disregard it and we don't want to talk about it. Or we think too much about it. We can hyper-focus sometimes on the second coming and, and about heaven and what that's going to be like. Spoiler alert. You're not going to figure it out. You're not going to figure it out. And in fact, the best definition that I found of heaven was that state where we will always be where Jesus is. And isn't that what he just told us? So that you will always be with me where I am. So the logistics of where heaven is really doesn't matter as long as I am with Jesus Christ. Amen, church? Now, Jesus does this thing. He switches. So he's talked a lot up to this point about going to the Father. But he makes this switch then in, I think it was verse 4, and you know the way to where I am going. So we are switching from the destination to the way to get there now. Okay. And we already know, you know, last week that Thomas speaks his mind. Thomas of the Bible, not Thomas, my hubby. Well, okay, sometimes he does too, maybe. But we know that Thomas is not afraid to ask the hard questions and speak his mind about what's going on. But the wonderful thing about that, the wonderful thing is that out of this question that sounds so doubting, it provoked one of the greatest things Jesus ever said to us. And verse five, you know, we're, we're still not sure where you're going, Lord. Like, Thomas is so trying to wrap his head. You remember last week, Thomas was like, great, let's go with Jesus and just die, you know, remember? We talked about how he was all in, that he, he looked at, at Jesus as their leader and the commander and whatever he says goes, even if it means our death, because I don't agree with what he's doing. And you know Thomas has to be trying to wrap his mind around because now they've come back and, well, he's not dead yet. (laughs) Like, I don't know what we're doing here. But he's trying to wrap his mind, figure out the plan. So that's why I think he's like, hold up. I still don't know where you're going. And I sure don't know where the way is if I don't know where you're going. Anybody try to type into GPS and you don't have all the address and sometimes it doesn't take it and you get so frustrated, right? Yeah. That's how how frustrated Thomas is at this point. He's like, I don't even know what the point is. How do I know how to get there, Lord? And Jesus said in verse 6, the greatest thing, I am the way the truth, and the life. He's like, here's your directions. I'm the direction to where you're going. Probably one of the best things ever said in the Bible. But I want you to understand what this statement would have meant to the Jewish listeners to it. You know, Jews talked a whole lot about the path or the way to get to God. That was a big thing for them, all right? Deuteronomy chapter 5, Moses talked about the path. Stay on the path. As he's coming to the end of his life, the end of his ministry, he's trying to remind them everything God has done. And he's saying, when I'm gone, stay on the path. Stay on the path. In the book of Isaiah, you'll, you'll see things said like, this is the way you should go in chapter 30. Chapter 35, this is the way of holiness. And always in Psalms, teach me your ways, O Lord. So you see, the Jews, they understood this concept of the way to the Father, but they've been trying to figure it out. They've been trying to follow the law. Who in there has ever asked directions before? Do not lie, man. Every man just lied that raised their hand. Yes. True statement. (laughs) Y'all have heard our stories. We do not travel good together. How many of you in here have given directions before? Man, that's very true. Even if they're wrong, you always give us directions. What about... Do you give when you're when you're giving directions? Do you give like road numbers, highway numbers, exit numbers? How many of you are that type of person? How many of you are the landmark? Don't don't tell me the number. Tell me what's sitting beside that turn. Right? Yeah, I, I did that a couple of weeks ago with Brittany because she's inside of this. Um, you know, neighborhood that you have to turn this way, turn, the, you know, all these side streets to get to where she is. And uh, she was like, okay, I turn at the next red light, okay. And then she's like, now you're going to turn, she named whatever street. I said, no, 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 no. Tell me what I'm looking for. And then she said, it's that white sign. So I'm looking at all these big signs, by the way, and it was this little bitty, I was like, honey, we got to do a better landmark. Mama's eyes ain't that good anymore, right? Now... It's not always a bad thing, though, to know those numbers and the street names, you know, because one of Brittany's landmarks when you're coming from the college direction to her house, because she's only a couple of blocks from the college, is turn right by the concrete steps. Literally, like the corner of that yard has concrete steps. We discovered at nighttime, you don't see those steps, (laughs) You know, until you pass it and go, ah, oh, that, that was our turn, you know. So sometimes you, you still need a little bit of a, a backup, right? Because usually after about three turns, I'm lost. You know, like I can only follow directions so far along. But how great is it when someone comes along and you ask them directions and they just simply say, follow me, I'll take you there. Oh, that's always great unless traffic is bad and you get separated I and mean, it's it's trouble all over again, right? So instead of just telling you how to get there, it just would be great for someone to to pick you up and say follow me. Oh, show us that video. have known that trick when your kids were little. I told Emily pay attention because you know that's great. Just put it on the leg. I had the epic fail when Brittany was little and it was just Brittany. We didn't have Alex I don't think at the time. Um, We were at Bass Pro in Springfield and we were going through I don't know probably one of their museums at the time or whatever. We got to this one place and they had this very narrow escalator going down that you had to go to. And at that moment, I mean, yeah, there was an elevator somewhere, but it literally was just for people who, you know, they had to have an elevator. They didn't really offer that to you because it wasn't offered to us. So we had this um, buggy thing that we were pushing her in. So Thomas folds all that up. He's carrying all the baby stuff. He's like, I'll carry all this. You just get Brittany, right? And no, I take that back, Thomas, I did have Alex, I think that was that first trip we made with Alex when he was like one month, I don't know what we were thinking. Um, That alone is a whole other story. Because I remember I had him in this arm, and Thomas had all the gear, and he's like, you just get the kids down. All right, so I'm giving Brittany the directions. She's never done an escalator before. Mind you, she's what, two and a half? Okay. So I'm explaining to her, all you got to do is you step on there and, and we just stand there and we ride it to the bottom. It's going to be really fun and really fun. She's like, uh, 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 okay, okay, okay. So Thomas goes, I give him space and then I take that first step and I, you know, have her hand as tight as I can and I step on and she doesn't and mama's, <sighs> and I finally have to let go or I'm going to drag my child down the escalator. I left my child at the top of that escalator with a strange woman. There was no way up. There's not an up escalator. Do you understand my panic and fear, mamas? (laughs) And she's crying now because we're at the bottom. I don't, I was speechless. I didn't know what to do. And finally, the lady's like, I'm going to take her around to the elevator. If you'll walk around, blah, 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 you'll find us around the back hallway. I don't know you. You're taking my child. You know, the scariest thing of it. I tried to give Brittany directions, and she still freaked out. If I'd have known that trick, follow me, honey. Latch on. Here we go. Right. So it would be so great. So that's what Jesus is telling them. I'm the way. You don't need any more directions. Follow me. Like you've watched me. You're going to watch me all the way. Just follow me. Grab onto that leg. Just follow me. Then he said, I'm the truth. Now when we read in Psalms, you're going to hear a lot in Psalms that we're told about God's truth. See, the difference was Jesus didn't just tell people about the truth. He embodied it. He lived it. How I live my life may not change some things. How I live my life, it doesn't change the law of gravity. How I live my life will not change how geometrical functions happen. How I live my life probably won't even change how I pay my taxes, right? But... You know, the fact is there are things in this world, my life, it really doesn't change. But how I live my life, my morals, it will affect how people perceive the truth in my life. In other words, how they'll view the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit based on how I'm living as a Christian. You see, when people know that we're Christians... They take that kind of serious sometimes. And it will affect those kind of things. But you see, Jesus didn't just preach it. He lived it. And unlike you and I, he lived it perfectly. So therefore, he's the only one who can say, I am the truth. We, we have a generation right now that truth is too relevant It's whatever works for my life, right? But Jesus is what we need to always go back to. He's the truth. Throughout the book of John, Jesus references over and over that he's the life. He's the bread of life. He's the light of the world that leads to life. He's the good shepherd that wants to give us abundant and rich life. We're always seeking life, whether we understand that or not. How do I know? Because that's when, when we finally achieve the American dream. But there's still something that's not there. There's still something we're seeking. That's why we here in America have exponentially more stuff, more money than our brothers and sisters around the world. And yet we're all still seeking life. And Jesus said, I am the life. Love made the difference. When Jesus makes a difference... In our life, it's because of the love that he showed. Not more instructions and more laws, right? It was the love. Now, Jesus tells them, that they've seen the Father because they've seen Jesus. Now, this is where things would have probably got a little cray-cray for them because, you know, there's two thoughts to the crowd that are looking. The Greeks, who thought of God as the invisible, the somebody out there we don't see, right? And then the Jews who totally believed in God, the God of Abraham, but they also believed that nobody had ever seen God. So the fact that Jesus is saying, you've seen God would have rocked their world. Now, again, they still don't get it. This is the disciples in this chapter that he's talking to. The ones that have followed him this entire time. And they still don't get it. And you're saying, well, why would they, though? Because let's think about that. When they think of God as somebody that nobody has seen, and he's this big, majestic, being, person, they're expecting that he would show up in the biggest, grandest way, right? Not born in a stable. Not walking around, no home to call his own, dependent on others to provide things for him. Not somewhere out in the wilderness and desert hiding out so he's not jailed or put to death too early. Not a a carpenter? That's like blue-collar working man. Not hanging out with the blind and the lame and the lepers, right? Hanging out with Samaritans? That can't be God. But Jesus said, if you've seen me, You've seen the Father. And look at the context. I I always tell you guys, you've got to know your context of what we're reading. This passage that we find Jesus in this, this moment is at the Last Supper. Flip back and you'll, you'll look that he washed the, the disciples' feet. He, he had the, the last supper with them. He talked about Judas' betrayal. And then, oh, good old Peter, you know, well, Lord, you know I'll go with you wherever you go. If you die, I die. And then Thomas and Philip began to voice their doubts and their concerns. And we know, we know, remember we say this every week, they didn't understand yet. They don't know the timeline. They don't know what's coming. We know this is their last time together like this before everything breaks into chaos. So Jesus, get that urgency in your, in your heart this morning. Jesus understands when this conversation is over, everything changes. There's no going back. Not just for him, but for these disciples as well. Who in here watches or used to watch Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, right? I did back in the day with good old Regis, right? And the contestants would always, they had multiple choice. It's like, I need to play that game show. I think I could rock it, you know? But they always had the multiple choice and they always had to work through, right? And and they even got to cheat out a little bit. Hey, give me what your thoughts were. But no matter what everybody else even told them, it always came down to the final answer. Regis would look at them and go, okay, is that your final answer? Whatever they said, that's what all the money was banked on. Church, Listen to me. We've been talking about this now for several weeks. Jesus is the bread of life. He's essential, he told his disciples. I'm essential for you to have life. He told them, I'm the light of the world that leads to the life. He said, I'm going to guide you to the Father. Where I'm going, you're going to go. You're going to follow. I'm the light. Follow the light. I'm the gate. We, we enter through Jesus and he'll guard us like that shepherd laying at the gate. We talked about him being the good shepherd. He'll, he calls us by name and he will lay down his life for us as we know he did. And last week we talked about him being the resurrection and the life. And it was way more than a miracle. It was Jesus as the life giver. And we saw all these different miracles that went along, the feeding of the 5,000. We looked at the, the blind man who, who he healed and, and all the different miracles that he done. There's no miracle here. But it's important because I think Jesus said one of the boldest statements there is. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one, no one can come to the Father except through me. This conversation takes a few chapters to get through, but Jesus knows that after this conversation, he's going to be arrested and taken to the cross. So in essence, Jesus is saying, do you believe who I am? Who I say I am, do you truly believe that? Is that your final answer? This is that moment. There was a a great statement that I found in the um, commentary. Bo, you have that slide that I gave you. This is from William Barclay, and he said, There comes a time when we have to believe where we cannot prove and to accept where we cannot understand. In other words, he's sitting here with his disciples and they still have questions. And if you're like me, if you have that input brain, you need answers. But there comes a time when Jesus says, what's your final answer? Church, there comes a time and this is your day. Those of you watching online, this is your day. You've been waiting for more proof. When when God just answers this prayer. Hmm. You're waiting for God to show up in some grand appearance when he does this for me. Mm -mm. Alone in my bedroom, with secondhand Sunday school material. A parallel Bible that belonged to my uncle, that I honestly understood very little of what I was trying to read. But I understood the cross, and I understood the empty tomb. And I knew and felt God whisper my name. Now looking back from that point And I can look back now and I can tell you the different ways that I know God was working in my life. But at that moment, at that moment in my bedroom, nope, I couldn't tell you anything. But I knew what the cross was. I knew what the tomb was. And somehow I understood it was for me. And I heard God ask, Do you believe? I said yes. Because there comes a point you can't study anymore. Now, have I learned a lot since then? Sure, I have. But there's always that first moment where we have to believe. There's no more studying. There's no more looking. Do you believe? Jesus knew. He's feeling the urgency like, guys, like, I'm leaving. I need to know, I know you got questions, but I need to know that you understand who I am. So that when you see what's coming, you're going to remember these things. There comes a time you make a choice. So I guess my final question today is, what about you? Have you made that choice today? And I know every week y'all probably think, BJ, do you know who we are? Like, we come here every week. Why do you keep asking? Because I know, without a doubt, you can sit in these chairs and still not know Jesus as your Savior. I know, without a doubt, somebody can pick this up on Facebook and watch it or on YouTube. And they need to know who Jesus is. Can I explain everything to you? Nope. And I will never say that I can. That would be false teaching but I know what the cross is. I know there's an empty tomb. And I know it was for you and I. My question is, what's your final answer today, church? These altars are open. Stand with me. The altars are open. They're not broke. Hmm. They feel like it lately. And maybe, maybe it's you praying for somebody today. Maybe you're good. You've accepted Jesus. But we all know somebody that hasn't. Maybe that's somebody you need to bring and lay at the foot of the cross today. Maybe it's, Lord, use me. Use me in somebody's life. Because we want to see change. Just as Jesus changed our lives, we want to see that in others. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today. And Lord, this truly is one of my favorite statements of the Bible. Because it is the definitive statement of knowing that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And I know without a doubt that no one gets to the Father except through you. This is a a statement that hinges all of Christianity, Lord. Lord. There's not a lot of different ways. The world is telling me there is right now. But if I if I believe that, then I have to call Jesus a liar <laughs> because he was very clear. He's the only way. Father, I pray for the ones before me today and the ones online and somebody needs to say yes, Lord. I don't understand it. I can't explain it, but I hear you call in my name. You're asking me To repent to be forgiven and I want to answer today Lord yes that's me father I pray for your church today I pray that we understand it's okay just like Thomas and and Philip had doubts because sometimes working through those doubts will spark the greatest moment in our life when Jesus shows up and answers. But it's also okay when we give those doubts and we don't hear the answer. Jesus still says, do you believe I am who I say I am? And that's where our faith comes in. Somebody watching today, you, you're trying to make it all line up like it just doesn't equal with the things you know of this world. That's what makes it so great. This is not our home. Jesus is a hurt. He went to the Father. And He is the way for us to get there as well. Lord, we want to tell you we love you today. I don't want anyone walking out before they've said that to you. We thank you for blazing that path before us. And we thank you for not leaving us here alone. We have the Holy Spirit, Father, still guiding Still leading us, just as Jesus led his disciples. We love you, Lord. Thank you for the price you paid. But thank you for the love you gave. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.